Welcome to the Ad Proficiency Podcast, presented by NerdJam.net. Whether you're a new player or veteran dungeon master, we're here to help you add depth to your game. Today on Ad Proficiency, we're discussing the cook's utensils and taking a look at how we can make the most of them. I know you've got a lot to say about this, Eddie, because you are a chef yourself. Uh, just a bit. Uh, <laughs> I've spent a good bit of time in kitchens in my life. Mm-hmm. What would you say are cook's utensils, quote-unquote, thing? Should we even distinguish this from the alchemist tools? Should this hit a different niche or should it just also be able to create consumables in the same sort of way? Well, so for me, what made Cook's utensils kind of unique was that Cook's utensils could confer monster or ingredient based benefits. So basically what made it different from alchemist tools is that you got a bigger benefit relative to what you put in the food. So like instead of like a potion that might last for a minute or something, this would be something that you might have like long or multiple ingredient-based effects. Maybe until the next rest. Maybe like until the next time you eat a meal or use this ability because you ate, you know, dragon breath chili. Yeah. You get one use of fire breath. You know, that kind of thing. Or or yeah. randomly your DM can just choose that fire breath goes off, which could be hilarious, dude. If you're like in the middle of a social encounter and your DM's just like, oh, you contact. feel that? You feel that <laughs> dragon breath chili coming up? <laughs> Make a contract. Make a contract <laughs> to avoid scorching this diplomat. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> With the thunderous burp of a gout of fire erupt from your throat. Yeah. <laughs> so is that even necessary? Should we even like say that these different toolkits which create consumables, should they have their own niches? Or should they all be open to just doing the same thing? Well, some of them can achieve the same benefit, but I feel like if you were to give someone a food buff, that would be a more minor effect for a longer period of time, as opposed to a potion effect being a stronger effect over a shorter time. Kind of okay, like so stems to a... You make uh, it last longer, but you totally weaken it a little yeah. bit. Interesting. Okay. Instead okay. of like, let's say a potion of fire breath does a D8, I'd say if you had the dragon breath chili, you might do a D4. You know, it's almost kind of interesting just thinking about what we talked about. If the whole thing about Cook's utensils was that the effects went off randomly and it put the ball in the DM's court to say, okay, you guys ate this stuff, but you don't really have control about what happens during digestion. Yeah, exactly. So the DM could just be like, oh yeah, this effect triggers, this effect yeah. triggers, that kind of thing. With a dragon breath hilarious. Thing? You could do so many crazy things with just, oh yeah, like we need to eat. This satisfies our need to eat and staves off exhaustion while we're down here in the dungeon. But the DM's going to decide when that like slime soup comes back to hit us, yeah. you know, and we get like an upset stomach at the worst possible time, you know, that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Oof. Slime soup on the way out, dude. <laughs> that sounds like it would just clean you out. Lubricate you <laughs> way out. <laughs> Don't think about that too hard. Yeah, I'm trying not to. Uh, okay, imagery aside, what are some of the functions of the cook's utensils? So, obviously staving off starvation and if you're big into your survival. Of course, of course. The basic make a meal, right? Yeah. How do we make cook's utensils special? What are some other things it can do? Well, I know there's like a spell called Hero's Feast mm. that creates a super special food that removes poisons and makes you immune to disease and several other benefits. Mm. Maybe you can give a way scaled down version of that if someone rolls particularly high. If you watch Critical Role, which is a very popular D&D show, Hero's Feast gets featured a lot and it saves their bacon on multiple occasions. Hero's Feast is a very good spell. Oh, so yeah. I, I feel like if someone 
chose to invest in the Crooks utensils, mm-hmm. and then let's say they rolled their 20 and they got like a 30 on their roll with all of their bonuses, I'd be inclined to give them some kind of very special buff in that regard. Okay. And especially if they decide to use a particular item. Let's say they harvest something from a gorilla or something, or a bear. I might be inclined to give them a plus one to strength for you know the next... That's couple. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like some part of the monster gets brought over i think of certain mythologies where they're like you know we eat the heart of our enemies or we eat the the hearts of the animals that we hunt and that gives us part of their strength i think you could bring that flavor into D in a really really cool way through the cook's utensils so some of the things I've got for the cook's utensils are like, obviously, yes, you could create food, you could provide recovery benefits during rest, you know, because they're eating and it's rejuvenating and whatnot. You could stretch food supplies in unusual ways. You could provide food that may be indigestible raw. You could learn about ingredients. I think this is a really cool way of like, if you fight a monster, this is a great way of taking these cook's utensils to sort of like maybe use some of those knives. Maybe somewhere in there you've got some butcher knives. Absolutely. Some cleavers. And so this could be a way for you to learn about your ingredients, identify ingredients or possible ingredients in the wild, learn the properties of those ingredients, especially if it's a monster that you fought, learn about where it comes from or how it interacts with its ecosystem. If you haven't read the manga Delicious in Dungeon, it is incredible when it comes to using cook's utensils in the dungeon because it takes a look at monsters and how they fit into their ecosystem and uses that to sort of design these monsters in a way that they can be eaten through the cook's utensils highly recommend very cool stuff in addition to that we talked about conferring ingredient properties upon ingestion and i would also add that you could charm creatures and humanoids with your food Flavors can be appreciated regardless of language barriers, and you can earn the respect and gratitude of people that don't know you, because everybody likes good food. And animals will flip their biscuits over tasty food. Deer love Triscuits, by the way. I know it sounds kind of strange, but if you feed deer those little crackers, Triscuits, yeah. their eyes get all wide and cracked out, and they go apeshit over that. They love Triscuits. That's kind of weird and oddly specific, but okay. Yes, just trust me. I have fed a deer Triscuits. They love Triscuits. Okay. Heard that. So anything else you want to add to the function of Cook's utensils? Do you want to kind of talk a little bit about some of the in-game things that you can do with it? Such as roleplay and social projects? Oh yeah, absolutely. A good meal will honestly make people more receptive to bad news or any kind of news, really. Even proposal, as uh, you've seen in my games. Yeah, and that was kind of what I was talking about when I was saying like you can almost charm creatures. Absolutely. Like, I'm reminded of this Norse story where Thor is moving along and he stops and slaughters his goats for a farmhouse family. And in the end of the story, he ends up enslaving the children. But <laughs> but you could be one of those traveling adventurers where like, yes, if people extend you their hospitality, you're rewarded by being like, I can create you this feast. I can do something for you in return by granting us this hospitality. It almost kind of reminds me of the folk hero's rustic hospitality background feature where people like bring you in. And that kind of is great for reinforcing that medieval flavor where like you've been on the road for weeks, you're out of supplies, you're so hungry that your stomach's growling and you see that cottage and you're just like, please, like if you have anything, I will cook it into something amazing for you. Just let us crash here. 
And these are the kind of role play and social projects that we can work out with these cooks utensils. What are some other role play and social projects that you have? I mean, really, you can use it to ingratiate yourself to people like, Absolutely. Over, I made you a pie. <laughs> Absolutely. Influence a society by introducing proper nutrition. Oh, yeah. How big a difference would it have made in like Mesopotamian times if they had like modern America level nutrition? Or maybe America is not the best option. <laughs> like modern level, modern level nutrition, modern, modern levels of nutrition. Uh, how big a difference would it have made if one group of people had modern levels of nutrition compared to what they had access to back then? You would have one tr one group that just dominates the others just because they... You're talking about people living to like 90 years old yeah. as opposed to people living to like... 40. Well, I mean, that's also, that's a combination of factors with, you know, medicine, food. And yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Things, but. but just, just assuming you have like yeah. an exceedingly healthy group of people, how much could that influence history, right? In terms of military, in terms of culture development, how active people are, how much they're getting done, you know, that kind of thing. In addition to those sorts of like influencing society deals, you could land yourself travel options working as a cook. Ships are always happy to have a cook. And if the ship you're on gets attacked by a pirate ship they might be willing to let you live if you've got really good cook skills <laughs> i suppose you're right you could also affect morale well-fed soldiers are happier than soldiers who have been eating hardtack and rats yeah That's absolutely <laughs> just add a little bit of salt pepper and garlic into those rats there you go mm -hmm. and like you said this is easy reputation building because providing good food generally makes people like you especially if you consistently produce uncommonly good food my dad is a professional chef and he makes incredibly good food and he's always been this super social guy who like goes to parties and makes like gumbo because we're Cajun, you know, and they're like, oh my God, this is what real gumbo is. This is so great. Like yada, yada, yada. It's a hit every time. And this sort of works in D&D because you can just make yourself a hit everywhere you go. Be like, yeah, I made this. You like this? I'm the guy who made it. That sort of thing. <laughs> like, I, I have actually done that myself several yeah, times. Like, <laughs> That does not surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've actually literally done the gumbo thing, too. Yep. Yep. And for that matter... Etch yourself into pop culture and history. Invent and introduce popular food in a fantasy setting. Maybe you're the guy who invents ramen or invents pizza, tacos, ice cream, cotton candy. How do medieval people feel when they see cotton candy and try that for the first time? This is divine. He's a witch. It's light and sweet and fluffy. Or, or how do they achieve this, this cold ice cream? Like, how does this person do this kind of thing? You can do this. And you can make yourself a part of history in that setting. You can engage with the game in such a way that the whole setting responds to you. If you have a DM, of course, who's willing to work with you in this level of engagement. Other opportunities you have as far as roleplay go are like why you love cooking, where you picked up your skills, that sort of thing. Anything you want to add to that? No, I mean, we got it pretty covered. Okay, so what are some artisan level projects that we could do with the cook's utensils? Let's say you get the flank of a legendary dragon. Maybe you turn that into the most legendary flank roast ever mm -hmm. and i mean i feel like cooking an artisan level project may take a whole day but it would require so many high rolls to Dude, get it i right. can see cooking projects taking like a whole week where you're making constitution checks to like stay awake so that you don't burn your shit like that kind of thing like think food wars 
right? <laughs> the yeah. kind of like ridiculous Preparing scale project. Something yeah, like, like yeah. you have three chefs on the the project, like taking shifts, constantly stirring, slicing, like cooking stuff, so that everything is perfectly on time i'm reminded of like the half-blood prince right the the journal that's like no don't don't do this crush it first and then stir it counterclockwise instead and it's like that's the difference when it comes to cook's utensils you could do that sort of thing and have these crazy projects that go on like or or that are just grand and scale yeah no absolutely yeah yeah yeah. Uh, make tamales Mixed tamales, yeah, there you go. (laughs) Some of the things I thought of are like instant re-energization, like those little beans from Dragon Ball Z. Sensu beans? Sensu beans, yeah, where they eat it and they're just like, oh, like I feel awesome. Healed instantly. Healed instantly, recharged, like go get them, you know, that kind of thing. You could cook for otherworldly hosts. How crazy would it be, right? You lay down to go to sleep one night and then you like open your eyes and there's just a fade court looking at you and they're like, good evening. We've invited you to come cook for us. And there's that mix of just like, don't fuck this up, fade terror. (laughs) And also just like, this is my chance to like do something that no human has done before because I have been considered by these greater or that's how they are in my game is they're like a notch above humanity. They're just more advanced. They're more refined. They're the real nobles. Whereas like humanity is like there's nobles, but like they're really like the dirt peasants when it comes to all the other races, yeah. you know, who have been around for like since time immemorial. Absolutely. So yeah, cooking for fae, celestials, devils, discover mind shattering flavors. And again, this brings me back to food wars where someone like tastes something and they're just like, like (laughs) their clothes explode. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) their clothes like fly off and they're just like, like I've never tasted anything like this in my life. The old man is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Flavors that strike people with awe or madness. Maybe they have to make a wisdom check after it to just be like, oh my god like and not just be like struck for a moment you know like that sort of thing like you can do so much like humorous stuff but at the same time you could have so much epic stuff absolutely and there's no reason that you should sell your imagination short on this set the new standard or cook something completely inedible maybe you make a dish out of a hunk of wood and it's actually really good It's a high DC, but you nail it. That being said, uh, would you mind covering for me what exactly is in the Cook's Tools real fast? You want to go through our components real quick? Yeah, because that will lead into what can be made realistically. Okay, so looking at what Xanathar's Guide to Everything gives us as far as the component list goes, we get a metal pot, knives, forks, a stirring spoon, and a ladle. How do you feel about that? Well, honestly, that's very versatile. That may require one pot meals. However, you can also make certain things in the pot first. Mm -hmm. If you cook things in a particular order, you'll achieve a certain flavor at the end with the end product. It's just kind of nice. Okay. If you're trying to, if you're making multiple dishes. Would you add anything to this component list? Maybe an extra pot or two, like just. Yeah, it's just one pot. Yeah, just one pot pot. is is a little limiting. Pots can fit inside of each other. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at Sam's backpack from Lord of the Rings, he had, I want to say, five different pots on his uh, stacked inside each other. A lot of, like, cooking kits for camping have pots that fit inside one another and compress down to, like, pretty small sizes. Absolutely. I imagine something like that. I'm surprised there were no spices or seasonings. Would you carry anything like that? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, at the very least, you need salt and pepper. Salt and pepper. Are there any spices that just like, because you know more than I do when it comes to cooking. Are there any particular spices or seasonings that you would be like, this is my go-to. I gotta have this. I put this on everything. Tabasco, um, you know. I, know. I mean, garlic 
onion. I mean, I feel like you can gather wild garlic and onion mm-hmm. with a good nature check, um, which there's a lot you can do with wild roots and herbs and everything, which is kind of cool. We'll get into that in just a little bit. Okay. So you're you're saying basically, with the exception of a few spices and seasonings and an additional pots, yeah. this is a pretty solid list for Cook's utensils. Absolutely. Okay. And you're qualified to know because you know your stuff when it comes to Cook's utensils. All right, so let's take a look at some of the legendary components for the cook's utensils. What are some of the things that come to mind as far as, like, what a god of cooking would be able to provide? Pots and pans that are always the right temperature. Never scorch your food. Never (laughs) stick anything to the bottom. There's a spice called allspice. And when I first heard of allspice, I was like, what is that? That sounds so, like, mythical. Turns out it's just a regular spice. But I like the idea of taking allspice and turning it into this thing that spices food exactly to the taste of one eating it, which would make it extremely valuable and very sought after. So consider how something like this would affect your setting, the sort of like spice trade and people who would be after a valuable commodity that makes everything taste good no matter what it is. So like the Futurama essence of flavor? The essence of flavor, yeah, <laughs> basically. Which is, that, which is just LSD? Basically, yeah. <laughs> just, just put a little LSD on it. <laughs> so what about this? What about a spoon which changes the firmness of whatever substance you press it into to the extent that it could even change the state of matter? So, like, adjusting food, obviously, you could, like, adjust the tenderness of a steak or something like that. But think about, like, shoving this into a wall or, like, turning metals or stone or wood to a liquid state. How powerful an artifact like this could be. Maybe you harden the air into just a hard wall, you know, that blocks off a hallway or something like that. I feel like that's leaning kind of into like a wizard or like a sorcerer doing things. Basically, the way I've been looking at legendary components is they're essentially magic items. Yeah. Like really powerful magic items that could believably fit into part of a toolkit. Okay. So like the spice, like we said, the allspice, a spoon, or maybe an exquisite pot made of glass that provides the most perfect dish you will ever create, but just once. Like a single-use item? A single-use item. But but think about how like something like this would be passed around or treasured. There's, there's potential to abuse something like this by just having people just crank through it. There could be a whole industry. There's a lot you could do with an item like this. Uh, yeah. By imposing this limitation of like just having it done once. Or, or maybe it's a curse. Maybe for like a chef, this is the worst thing you could ever give them because it will just torment them for the rest of their lives. They will never create something which achieved the pinnacle. But maybe for the chef over here, maybe it's worth it to them just to achieve that one moment in which they make this godly divine dish reach nirvana for just a moment before returning to be like a human mortal chef, you know, (laughs) something like that. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Or how about a cursed mezzaluna that if bloodied grows into a two-handed guillotine and causes a powerful compulsion to chop meat. What could Creepy. you do with something like that? I mean, you make like a Jack uh, Jack the Ripper, Sweeney Todd kind of character, I feel like, almost. Mm-hmm. Now, if you don't know what a mezzaluna is, it's like an Italian knife that's used for chopping. And think of it like an axe blade with a handle on one of the ends. either end. Yeah. yeah. So you sort of just rock it back and forth and it chops. But yeah, just a giant version of those. I think of like Dark Souls 3. There was a boss enemy called Yorm the Giant who just used a giant. It was almost just just like a guillotine blade, like a giant straight blade with two handles on it. 
That would actually be a really cool weapon for oh, yeah. for like a, a cook's utensils character to wield. Maybe that's a thing you could do to like role play up your cook's utensils is incorporate that. Maybe use your your meat cleavers as like In your combat, weapons or something yeah. like that. Yeah, you could just reskin hand axes or something as cleavers. Yeah, totally. Uh, anything else you want to add to that? Maybe let's even talk about legendary ingredients like. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, you can make let's say angel wings, that kind of thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, flank of tiamat there you go okay and end game style things that if you consume these legendary components that could only be had one time you know or confer some kind of cool buff i i like the idea that like eating a god makes you a god or a demigod if you or a demigod or like if you can like manage to like slay a god and consume them they become a part of you maybe as a chef it's like your life's goal to just like finally kill a god and become a divinity in your own right so that you can just conquer your own domain and just claim it. If you prepare the flesh of a god as a meal, you are going to be conferred some kind of status just for the being the preparer of said legendary meal. It's interesting to think of how diving into your toolkit roleplay can lead you on this greater quest. Your character doesn't even have to be about this toolkit, but you could just be like, I am a very gifted chef in this instance. And so it is of great interest to me to go out of my way to attain this legendary tool, you know, or something like that. And you have this whole player driven storyline that is basically based upon them roleplaying their toolkit, which is amazing because know like we said the game doesn't give you anything for that i would love to see my players be like oh yeah i've got like these thieves tools like maybe i'm looking for the lock pick that never breaks or there's your skyrim reference right there. yeah or oblivion like maybe i'm looking for the mask that like when you wear it nobody can remember who you are really just, cool just stuff. give me wabba jack man i just that's i just like that's all cha- i want i just dude. like changing things into other things <laughs> dude i hear that you're a fish i hear you're that now you're a dragon oh god okay cool so that's yeah. that's actually it for legendary components of that one okay So looking at Xanathar's Guide to Everything, some of the functions that it gives us are things like assessing culinary patterns based on a culture's eating habits. So, I don't know, there's that. (laughs) I get what they're talking about when they're saying like assess culinary patterns based on a culture's eating habits, but it seems like such a niche thing to me. I don't know how you're going to make that relevant unless you're making cooking a really big part of your campaign. Well, I mean, yeah, if you've never been somewhere, but you find out what they can do, you can make their food and like ingratiate yourself mm-hmm. to someone you otherwise may not get an in with. Yeah. It says you can make medicine taste better as well, which like you can't given the components that they give you. But if you assume that you have some kind of spices and seasonings and whatnot, then yeah, you can make an edible food edible. So there you go. There's your hunk of wood soup. Create a typical meal. Duplicate a meal. Spot poison or impurities in food. Makes sense. You know, spot rotten food and whatnot. Create a gourmet meal. <laughs> this, one 15. Is, this one is funny to me because it's relisted as if it's another function, but it's really just the create a meal function with a higher DC. So I, I like, mean, well, create a meal, create a better meal. I feel like the better meal also implies certain things as well, like higher quality ingredients. And if we're talking a social benefit, a better. It does. I mean, it does. It does. I get what it's saying. It's just funny that it's relisted as if it's another option because they could have just as easily said, like, if you want to make more complex or better meals, just raise the DC. Absolutely. Another thing you can do is the prepare meals function. As part of a short rest, you can prepare a tasty meal that helps your companions regain their strength. 
you and up to five creatures of your choice regain one extra hit point per hit die spent during a short rest, provided you have access to your cook's utensils and sufficient food. One hit point per hit die invested means there's no benefit unless you burn a hit die, but if you do invest, you get a single hit point back. This is hilariously bad. I don't know how this function got past review. This doesn't scale in the slightest. It's borderline useless even at level one because it's one hit, at level one maybe, maybe, you know. You burn one hit die, no, no, even at level one, it's pretty bad, it's just not good. I feel that this should grant free benefits without a cost. If you're eating the food, you should get a benefit. You shouldn't have to burn a hit die in order to benefit from food you're eating anyways. Yeah. You know, and the benefits I feel should be based on the ingredients, not necessarily one hit point back, but like something that makes sense. If you're eating eggs, that's one thing. If you're eating like dragon flank steak, that should be another. You Absolutely. Know, I feel like maybe that puts the ball in the DM's court, but be that player who engages with the game and says, hey DM, I got my butcher's knife. I'm trying to have at this dragon. How much health can we get back? Like give us a hit die number for this meal that I'm about to make. Here's my roll. Oh snap, I'm great at this. I got a 24 to make this dragon flank steak. What do you, Eddie, think I should get back for that? I mean, I feel like that would be for that kind of thing, like a D10, something like that. That's what I'm saying. Actual, like, the like, DM can die. just like give whatever they want. Absolutely. It, it really is up to the DM at that point. I feel like the importance of food to the DM may also influence how important they would make it in the game. Mm. Because if food is a very large part of someone's life, then they would be more inclined to include it in their game as opposed to someone who's just like, yeah, you can eat the same thing every day, you know, whatever. Yeah, I feel you. Let's go ahead and jump into themes as far as the cook's utensils go. What are some of the first creative themes that come to mind when you think of cooking and the cook's utensils? So I feel like wanting to cook for people is kind of the at its most basic, wanting to take care of the people around you in the most directive ways. You're basically making their lives better by doing this thing. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I have is providing to others. You are doing this as a service for somebody. And with the cook's utensils, there's so much room to be like, yes, I am a contributor in society. We talked about some of the social projects earlier in this podcast that you could cover as far as helping other people out, providing, enhancing the nutrition in the local area, that sort of thing. But there is this overall theme of as the chef, you are the one who is distributing this sustenance to everybody. And that accrues a lot of social gratitude. And and like really food is universal everything and everyone needs to eat unless you have a ring of sustenance but you know you're covering a basic need for the entire party Mm -hmm. that alone adds value to your character as well as like you said the social Mm -hmm. benefits you would reap from that and another aspect is the fact that food itself you're providing something that is nourishing i feel like you could zoom in on the fact that cooking maybe isn't even about like the give and take of what it is but the fact that you are creating nourishment you are putting something into the world that sustains life and maybe for you that's what that is about you are feeding the universe you are keeping the cycle going for life and death by creating nourishment if you wanted to maybe be like a neutral character or something like that that is a good way that you could take the cook's utensils is this is just a neutral mastery kind of the way we talked about how using chemicals for science you are making use of systems that exist in the world it's just the way it is you could do the same thing with the cook's utensils i am taking these natural materials that the universe has supplied to me and I'm creating 
creating something beautiful out of it that gives back to the universe. Even if I'm not feeding myself, I'm feeding strangers, other people. They will also say that there is the first time that you intentionally mess up someone's food and then other people find out that is a level of trust you can basically never get back in a certain way like really is that like a dirty thing to do in kitchens oh absolutely like, like purposely messing up people's food or like that's awful basically. that makes me you feel can't better be trusted. Like, <laughs> yeah. honest, it makes me feel a lot better knowing that's the case yeah like purposely messing up orders is not great like, there's a code of honor yeah basically and it, there's a level of trust that comes with making and preparing preparing someone's food. That's great. Actually, you could zoom in on that as there being like a code of honor among chefs. And so maybe for you, cooking is an art form. Yes, but it's not about the art. What attracts you to it as a character is the honor, the sort of system that like when you are great, your greatness is acknowledged, you yeah. know, that sort of thing. There is the opposite, the control aspect where, you know, you have the direct control over people's lives and ultimately their death if they don't get food or if they get something that could harm them, that kind of thing. There is that, like, evil type of control. I am the provider. Yeah. I'm the food giver. I determine what you get and how you get it. That's right. I'm the vault overseer. Yeah. So that's, I've I've got mastery over the natural world, kind of keeping in line with the similar thinking that you're kind of hinting at. Yeah. The idea that I am the one who conquers the natural world and creates food. And to me, that's what the cooking supplies represents. I don't care about the art of it. I don't care that I'm creating nourishment. No, for me, this is about dominance. That, yeah, absolutely. That kind of take. I feel like you could make a lot of really interesting characters with the cook supplies, like as far as like the psychology. Lawful evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could be, hey, you know what? This is the rule of the jungle. You know, or actually maybe that's a little more chaotic, but lawful, like maybe I killed this creature, therefore I have a right to do whatever I like with the corpse. Yeah, absolutely. Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. Kind of stepping away from from the darker sides of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> uh I also see cooking as representing the home and hearth. Like cooking is representing a coziness, a warmth a solace something that you can take a break from the rigors of adventuring and the hard sometimes cruel life that you live definitely live in my game (laughs) (laughs) to just have a meal to just relax eat have a meat pie something like that kick your feet up relax I, I can see a lot of characters that are like cooking represents one of the finer things in life. It represents flavors. It represents relaxation and rejuvenation. Anything you want out of that? I think we've covered that pretty well. Okay. Okay. The last thing that I have for cooking, and this almost kind of works off of the mastery over the natural world thing, is the art of beautification and aesthetics when it comes to cooking. Like plating and that kind of plating, thing. Plating. Yeah. Absolutely. Being like it is strictly about the art screw nourishment screw mastery over the natural world none of that matters it's about the look your food must be beautiful your food must be beautiful and what you are giving is valuable because it's beautiful giant plates with tiny portions with the with the sauces who cares how nutritious it is man that doesn't matter it's about the tiny bit of flavor that you get presentation man give me that five star dinner plate all the way so there's that yeah there is (laughs) oof So lots of different flavors we can go with the cooking utensils. I feel like you could really make any kind of character you want, but the cook supplies reflect psychology in a really interesting way because they kind of reflect the way that your character interacts or views the world, 
right? The way you feel about cooking, in a sense, could be interpreted as the way you see the universe. Whether, like, I'm conquering this, or this is a thing I'm giving back, that kind of thing. So, yeah, there we go. Themes for the cook's utensils. Anything you want to add to what we've covered so far? Not really. I mean, we do a pretty good job about covering yeah, everything No, I think hard. we've covered this pretty thoroughly. I think there are a few things I might add to the component list. Or, yeah, or just for me personally, the way I DM, I don't even sweat the component list. Toolkits are just general things that like you have what is required for the job. If it costs additional supplies, I might say like, hey, it's going to cost you 50 gold worth of supplies. Would you do a survival or nature check for gathering like wild nature check for <sighs> or, or survival? Well, it does say survival in there. So I will say survival and foraging. For It, it specifically lists survival as when foraging for food. When it comes to foraging, that is kind of a weird spot. And again, this kind of goes back to the unique way I kind of homebrew the herbalism kit. A yeah. lot of times I will just give characters who would need this just proficiency in the herbalism kit. And I use the herbalism kit as a sort of scavenger's toolkit. If they want to withdraw items from like monsters, that kind of thing. Absolutely. That's what I use it for. But as it's written... Survival, technically, I guess. For foraging? It makes sense for both survival and nature because they're both so vague. One is about finding things you need to survive, which might include plant food sources. And the other is about knowledge of plants, which also might include plant food sources. So, you know, like whatever. Whatever. Let your DM decide. If you're a DM, you decide. Yeah. For me, if it's if you're looking for something specifically, that would be like a food ingredient. Survival. Survival. I, no, honestly, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I will let you have your choice. I would say okay. whichever is higher between survival or nature, go ahead and use it. If you have the herbalism okay. kit, that is the best thing you could use. Absolutely. Yeah. I if you don't you have that, like, go ahead and use these skills. But that's also me just being that kind of DM who's very like, it doesn't matter that much. I'm not going to sweat a single rule instance because I'm going to forget about it in 20 minutes. On your herbalism thing, I would say that you could use that to find a particularly rare food ingredient like a truffle, that kind of thing. It's going to be interesting when we cover the herbalism kit because I feel like I think of it a little bit differently than a lot of people do. And I understand why people do it the way they normally do. Yeah. It was just that I like having different niches for different things. So I want the cook's utensils to feel different from the brewer's kit, to feel different from the yeah. alchemist supplies etc cooks utensils is food brewers kid is drinks <laughs> well yes clearly but like <laughs> i want them i want their like i want their feel to be different yeah. the things they produce i want to hit different niches absolutely and and that's kind of the approach that i'm going to be taking with the toolkit series i'm trying to distinguish everything into its own sort of unique skill set so that players who have access to these options have unique choices available to them that's going to be it for the cook's utensils. Join us next time on Add Proficiency when we take a look at the Poisoner's Kit and how to make the most of your poisons. Love Eddie, myself, or possibly both? Want more Add Proficiency in your life? Give us a like and follow our playlist to stay up to date with the latest Add Proficiency content and enhance your D&D. Hungry for more? I want more! Check out Real Mana Has Curves for Magic the Gathering draft reports, live streams, and ranked play. For live premium content premieres, beer chugging and guitar shredding, check out our live broadcasts of Nerd Jam Now every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Central on facebook.com slash nerdjamtv.